I don't care. No one cares. They don't. They don't care. It's just the way things are. Whoa. It's the H Dog Pod with your host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, hey, welcome to episode forty-one, the Jason Allison edition of the podcast. Do you guys remember that classic, brutally slow Toronto Maple Leaf? He played for them a year after the NHL lockout in two thousand five. And despite putting up 60 points in 66 games, he's definitely remembered for being slow as molasses. He also wasn't apparently beloved throughout his career. Strangely, four years after he retired, then Leafs GM Brian Burke brought him back to see if he had anything left in the tank. Spoiler alert, he didn't. On a more positive note, I'm excited to say that I was asked to be on a recent episode of the Jay and Dan podcast from September 28th, Season 4, Episode 4. There I discussed just how amazing bidets were and how it's changed my life. I must say, when I was working from home, uh, wherever it was, like for five, six months there during the pandemic, it was like one of the best aspects of working from home was having bidet access 24-7. Oh, were you using the bidet during our show? Uh, Well, I was, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to confirm or deny. Check it out when you get a chance. It'll be sure to make your bidet. <laughs> Bang. It makes my day having on my next guest. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Yo. Hey, buddy. What's up? What's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. You? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. So that's like full disclosure here. I'm doing laundry as this is happening. So if you hear a loud, like, that's that's me doing my laundry, bud. <laughs> no worries. That sounds good. Okay, now welcome on my good friend Michael Hamarne, aka Hambone. I worked with him for many years at TSN, and he's now the producer for Raptors games and the CFL on TSN, among many other things. Welcome to the H Dog Pod, Hambone. What the f- is up, Harrison? <laughs> uh, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm great, good. To, great to have you on the pod. Actually, let's just start with that. Uh, uh, I always wondered, uh, how did you get your nickname, Hambone? Uh, I'm going to give credit to uh, George Nassios. Um, I think he's the one, one of the fellow producers at uh, Sports Center when I first started. Um, there's a bunch of Michaels in there. Oh, yeah. As we know. And yeah. he started asking, uh, you were one of them. Yeah. And then uh, he was kind of asking, you know, what's your last name, blah, blah, blah. And I mentioned, like, I don't know, like Ham. People call me Ham for a while. And then he, I don't know how it happened, but Hambone kind of got. Tossed into the ether, and my God, man, it's been there since. He's a godfather. He's a godfather of nicknames. Him and uh, Michael DeAngelis back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, those two are like, if they gave you a nickname, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you were christened. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about the Raptors uh, and their uh, playoff run uh, this year. Uh, how was that producing uh, the Raptors run under those such different circumstances? It was weird, man. It was a, a fucking little journey that we had here because uh, obviously with the pandemic and you know everyone trying to like produce content left and right, and then obviously the bubble situation. So we, I mean, in the past, you know, during playoffs, um, I'm on the road with the team, not flying on their on their charter, but you know, just covering the games on the road and obviously home games in the arena as well. This is kind of different, right? So we were in studio the whole time. Obviously, everyone like masked up. Um, I don't know. You, you wear glasses, right? Like that just keeps fogging up when you have that mask on while you're so producing the show. Annoying. Like, like I can't see silver. Like I can't <laughs> see the f-ing video. Don't know what happened. So I'm just like, f-ing. like at some point you're just kind of like figuring it out. Um, but yeah, it was just different, man. It was different. And then obviously, 
you know, with police killing black people in America for no fucking reason. That obviously threw a wrinkle mm-hmm. into the coverage. Um, NBA players, you know, not playing. And, you know, it's kind of, it was very tough, like, just kind of like mentally, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not a black person, so I don't, can't put myself um, in anyone's shoes, but you, you try and empathize, right? So, like, having to take on that coverage kind of, you know, by myself with that was a little, was very different. It's not something I signed up for, man. We, we all got into sports, you know, the, you know, the toy department of entertainment, right? And then it, all of a sudden, like, real life shit happens and you're just kind of thrown in a loop. But, yeah, man, don't want to bring it down, but that's just the reality of this weird-ass time we're in. So, yeah, it was weird, man. It was weird. The NBA did such an amazing job with all that. Like, they really in the forefront of all sports, in my opinion, uh, in terms of uh, taking on those social issues and, and having a discussion But them, of course, not playing for a couple of days. Like, the NBA is so good with that. WNBA is the best. But, yes, I would say that yeah, it's just at some point, it's just empathy, right? Like, you know, do we have it or we don't? Yeah, well, I've, you know, <laughs> it was just like just a surreal time like that layered in with, the, you know, a pandemic happening at the same time. Just a lot of shit, man. This last like last nine months or whatever, whenever March was, I don't even know how much it felt, but like it's been brutal. It's been really, really tiresome. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, yeah. So how is the difference in uh, when you were producing? Obviously, you're in studio. Uh, like when you're uh, tell me some stories, like when you're on the road uh, producing for the NBA finals and those things. The drinking, <laughs> the drinking's the best on the road. Oh my God, man. Like, you know, after a game, like you're just kind of riding a high, right? Like I'm, I'm able to compartmentalize, you know, what work is ahead, right? So, you know, when you're on a playoff run, like you're going to be working like every day there's work, there's no days off. Um, you're constantly traveling from, you know, city to city, you know, shoot arounds, games, late nights. Cause you're doing all the post coverage. Right. So you're like, once the game ends, you're still in there for like two, three, sometimes four hours. Right. And then obviously the day before you know, day of day before all the off day stuff, you're just churning it out. To me, that was like, you're, you're kind of in it. Right. And you're going out, you know, at night you're with the crew on the road, you know, just, Oh, let's go here. Let's go to this bar. Let's go to this bar. And you're just waking up hungover, but you know, you're just, but you're still going right. Because you know, the work's not going to stop. But you just kind of you're just in it differently. Whereas now this year specifically, you know, you gotta get your you, know, you gotta switch gears to playoff mode, and then you find yourself just kind of still at home. Like you can literally do whatever the f- you want, but you're like it's just it was a weird time, man. You have to like kind of pull yourself out of that comfort and just kind of be like, no, you're here to like work. This sh- is you know serious. There's no shootarounds. There's no practices. But you gotta kind of focus. It required an extra level of focus to me. Because there's so many distractions. Absolutely. I, I can imagine. Uh, what was your favorite place uh, of all the places you, uh, obviously not Toronto, uh, that you've uh, visited uh, in your times uh, on the road? With just the Raptors or like just also like all-star games or finals? You know, Anywhere. Yeah, you yeah. tell me. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued uh, of all the different uh, <laughs> so, places you've been. So the LA, uh, LA All-Star was pretty cool uh, a few years back. That was really cool. Uh, buddy, I met up with a buddy of mine over there, and he actually uh, – he hooked me up with like a wristband. We got into like Kenny Smith's party or some shit. That was funny. Like just walking like Tracy Morgan at one table and like Kevin Hart or some shit. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So this is this is how the elites uh, hang out. But I, I don't really mess with that shit. So I just, that's why. Well, where, where are the drinks, right? Like most of the drinks were pretty like fancy and a lot of free shit. So I was like, okay, I'm just dabbling there. Um, and for a while there, we just the Raptors kept losing a fucking LeBron. So we just had to keep going back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I just spent most of my time in the casino. 
um, Jack's Casino. Great spot. Lost a lot of money there. I've been there, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, it's all underground. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, what, Cleveland. Uh, the one year we went to Miami, I did not get to go. I and mean, it's still, it's still, still bitter to me. Um, Kaz, actually, Michael Kaczynski, another Michael, uh, had to, uh, he went in my stead because I was doing CFL draft. And that was probably misguided on my part that I didn't fight hard enough to go to Miami the year the Raptors beat him in seven games. But uh, yeah, man, obviously last year's championship run was uh, was pretty cool. Got to go to San Fran. Um, yeah, Milwaukee, which had really good cheese, really good cheese, really good meat. So yeah, a lot of farm to table. <laughs> you know, so he's like eating like a lot of good like food that way. And yeah, man, just uh, it's been a lot of Cleveland, a lot of Indiana, but uh, last year's run was just different. It didn't really matter where where we went. It was just pretty cool overall. And uh, I saw you actually at the Raptors parade with my, I was there with a couple of buddies amongst a trillion other people there. Uh, what are your memories of that zoo uh, of that tr- uh, Raptors championship parade? That was crazy. Uh, it was nuts, man. It was crazy. It was very crazy, but. I mean, I don't know if like anyone wants us to talk about it, but like obviously the most memorable part was the the shooting at yeah. the parade that no one wants to talk about. Where like everyone had, like so we were on like obviously Nathan Phillips, right? Was it Nathan Phillips? He was, right? Mm-hmm. Um the, obviously, you know, everyone's there. We were kind of on like the second level, so we can like you know, we had C T V doing a show there, we had the whole parade kind of broadcast. Um, so we were kind of just there to, you know, shoot the guys, the crowd in the backdrop it was really cool. And then when that you know, from my perspective, like I saw it, man. I, I didn't see the actual shooting, but I saw the crowd like just disperse mm-hmm. when it happened. And then, uh, you know, they got they got everyone up top to like get down. And me being like the misguided idiot, like probably like the only one who didn't go down fully because I'm like curious. I just want to see what the hell's going on. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was surreal, man. I walked home. I lived downtown, so I walked home from it. Like you can kind of see like there's still panic in people, and there's just a lot of like. That was a weird time, man. Weird time. But, like, with that many people, you expect some, like, some morons coming in to start shit, right? So, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But that, I, that, was, uh, that was surreal. I was, uh, I just left, actually, because I was frustrated. I had to go to work that night. I was frustrated with being there for so many hours longer than I thought I would. It was so hot. My camera wouldn't work whenever the, the players finally came by to, uh, in, the, in the floats. Oh, they were so late. They I, I had these so photos. Late, no, it was, it was so brutal. So, I had actually just left. Uh, before that happened and then uh, I told my buddies oh yeah you can stay here for you know obviously stay here as long as you want and come back to my condo after uh, my buddy Spiros and Costa and then they actually were a part of that uh, uh, I don't know how close they were to the actual shooting itself but they obviously were concerned with all that and I just can't even imagine being that panic stage uh, just insane it's nuts man it's nuts but yeah I mean I even like walking out like after that like just the garbage on the streets and I know I got drunk that night, so I was hanging out with our. Yeah, you remember Poria? We were hanging out mm-hmm. after at my place, and yeah, we. You know, that was like my last kind of hurrah after working like you know, almost seventy days straight. So I was kind of like, we drinking tonight, you know? And then, <laughs> and that just happened. But yeah, that was man. That day was surreal. You you get me a. Uh, you get me nostalgic here thinking about it. That's, yeah. that's, well, next time uh, when they uh, a Toronto sports team uh, wins a championship, hopefully they ask Boston like they should have done to begin with. Hey, how do you do a parade? You guys win so many. You'd think they'd actually have been able to ask for some tips on that because that was just a zoo. Yeah, I, I'm afraid of uh, voicing my opinions on this because I don't know who I'm going to offend. I don't know how many like listeners you got now, dog. But uh, Trillions. Yeah, I'm just going to – it was poorly planned. Let's just say that. 
What's it like uh, working with uh, Jack Leo and uh, Sam Mitchell, all those guys? Well, they're mostly goons, but they're all right. I mean, I, I get along with them because, I mean, to me, man, like just I talk to them like I, you know, I talk to you or talk to, like anyone else. I think they kind of appreciate that more, but man, they're pros, man. What more, what more can I say? Like, obviously, I know fans like, you know, love, hate them on occasion, but I mean, they're pros, man. They, they strap it up and they go to work for me and, um, and I think they're, they've really helped the coverage. Yeah, they're good, man. I mean, obviously, it's funny, uh, <laughs> get some of them on the road, you know, more, more stories pop up. Like, you start picking their brains about, like, guys they've met in the past and, you know, a lot more truths come out. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's fun, man. They're pros. They're, they're good at what they do. And they, uh, I, my, I guess this is me just, like, as a producer, and I'm sure you can um, you can probably see it the same way here, is just I kind of wish they would say more on camera right you know because they're giving you all the good stuff like off air and you come on camera and you're just like you know they're more like dolled up and you know, they're, they're saying like you know the, the appropriate things for tv and i don't know uh, at some point like i think unfiltered dialogue would be kind of cool especially from those guys who've seen so much absolutely and do you have any uh short stories of about them or funny things that happen with them that you can share i mean without like betraying their confidence I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I had like, so back in my single days, I know I had Rod and Leo kind of like, you know, we were out on like, I was at the prowl, but we were like at a bar and I showed them Bumble. So like they've never seen Bumble or Tinder, right? So I pop it up, man. I've been known to dabble. So I put it up and we're just like, yeah, so we're just kind of swiping. And I've never seen two old guys so excited about anything to do with technology because they're uh, nonstop. They're just like, oh, what about her? What about her? What is she on Bumble? I'm like, I don't, I don't know if she's on Bumble, but this is one way to interact and potentially, you know, date people. And then there's the real life way, which I prefer, but you're on the road, you know, it's a, it's a staple, man. You, you pop up your Bumble machine. That's what they called it. And you just kind of like, you, you see what you got, you see what you work with, especially if you know you're there for like a few days and I'm not saying, you know, every, anything like directly happens, but it's nice to know. It's nice to know. It's nice to you know, there's some downtime, especially on those off days, game nights, especially when the games are early. My favorite when games are early. Because after that, you're like, oh, it's like it's seven and eight o'clock, nine o'clock. There's still stuff to do. You know, you can still kind of go out. And yeah, that was the most fun. But now I can't even like say the next time I can go to a bar or club and feel comfortable. You know, yeah. it's unfortunate. Yeah, no question. My favorite thing on those uh, dating apps uh, that I've seen in the past is like so clearly, obviously a bot. Or someone trying to scam you, like they immediately they'll give you like their their um, uh, WhatsApp number, but they won't give you their phone number, for example. Or it's just like I mean, you'd really think nowadays that the if people were trying to scam people or, or, or so, of some way they would be a little bit more smarter about it because it's just like it's so you could see it a mile away. It's like really, do you really think anyone's gonna fall for this? But I guess people do. I don't know. I got a rule of thumb, man. I feel like until you actually meet a person. You know what I mean? Until you like see them in the flesh and they're not like, they don't look differently than the photo. I feel like that's buyer's beware, right? Like you're, you just go in there to that point. Like I assume that everyone I speak to could be some old, like 50 year old Russian guy. Like I just assume that <laughs> until I actually like see them. And I'm like, I'm pretty fast too, right? So if I see like some like weirdo, I can just, you know, I can get away if I need to or be sneaky about it. But yeah, to me, man, like I had this debate with other people, like even like with Instagram followers and all that nonsense, all that toxic bullshit that we're like kind of dealing with every day. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I know people who like accept follows from like accounts that are clearly 
you know, bots, like clearly, like they have like 17 numbers in their name. And it's like this, oh, I, oh, look, look at this like cute girl on this photo. It's like, I'm pretty sure I like jerked off to her six years ago on like Pornhub. Like there's no way that that, that, that person, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just not how it works. And people just, oh yeah, sure. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. It's like, why? 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 You know, they're probably just like lurking on your ass. Like there's, there's nothing that comes out of it unless you like the numbers, which is a whole other thing. Man. I don't want to get to like a, a black mirror plot here, but it's all nonsense. I've never actually watched that show. I, I've, I've heard amazing things that it's just a mind, uh, mind trap, but it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, I, I gotta watch that. I think it's, it f***s you up a little bit, man. Especially if you, uh, if you indulge in some green, it definitely f***s you up. <laughs> I, uh, one of my earlier podcasts, uh, I might have been around episode four or so. I had some girl who, who uh, followed me, and uh, basically she was, uh, for, for maybe about a week, she was totally normal. She didn't ha- say anything or didn't ask for any money or anything like that. I was kind of disappointed, to be honest, because it was very clearly obvious that she was uh, uh, obviously a bot. And then she started saying, oh, I don't have any money, you know, all, all the, the normal <laughs> stuff, right? So during a podcast, a live taping of this podcast, I was actually messaging her on Instagram and seeing her responses, and she was getting finally getting more and more frustrated because she kept asking me for a, a Steam gift card. Not money, just a steam. Well, I mean, I guess it's money in a roundabout way. But uh, it was so funny how I kept like sort of leading her on to thinking I was going to, oh, I just purchased it. I just got it. And then finally she blew up on me, which was so funny because it's like, do you really think that this was going to work? I, I've been stringing you along for like five, six days. But man, there's some, there's some crazy stuff online. It's, it's ridiculous. Don't give anyone money, Harrison. Yeah, troll. Hell no. Hell no. Troll. Don't give up your like. Hell no. Any PayPal information? No chance. Like no, no Venmo. I don't know what the <laughs> f- we have in Canada. I don't know what it is. Like just no e-transfers, man. Like none of that shit. And to me, like at the end of the day, you know, I think there's a lot more like what dating apps have done. You know, they've kind of capitalized on like how many people are kind of introverted and just like don't want to go out as much. Like to me, I still think the authentic way of meeting someone is, you know, in person. That's, you know, that spark or. The look, of, you know, the look that you get, like, you know, you can kind of like just kind of, oh, okay, I'm reading the signs here. You know what I mean? There's still mm-hmm. something to that. The grind, the grind is real. Whereas these dating apps, like, you know, yeah. anyone who can look good from an angle, you know what I mean? Just talk to shit. What I've noticed, man, is like grammar. Grammar is so fucking poor. Like to me, like, I, I, like if I see some bad grammar from a girl, like how, you know, what you up to? Like with what spelt like W-U-T. Oh, like, go, no offense, lady, but like go fuck yourself. Like uh, this. This offense. ain't gonna work. No offense, lady. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, grammar. I've uh, I've railed on that. Uh, and that's bad. But obviously, people like when they mean to say uh, say like your as in y o u apostrophe r e, but they spell it y o u r. Oh god. And then uh, my, my my number one pet peeve is uh, people spelling lose with two o's. Like when you think you're spelling the word loose, when you actually think you're spelling the word loose, do you think it has three o's in it? Like it, oh, loose drives me insane. <laughs> it is everywhere. Everybody spells stuff wrong. It seems like, it, oh, as you can tell, drives me nuts. Yeah, I think I struck a chord with you, man. And also, like, I have standards for like, you know, my sexual escapades. Maybe I didn't back in the day, <laughs> but like now, like, I'm not sticking it into anything. You know what I mean? Like, you need to earn it. And I know that may sound a little um, conceited, but you know, just the way it is, man. Like, I'm not saying there's people lining up, you know, but. Uh, I, I, I want what I want, you know, and grammar is important to me. So yeah, there it is. A hundred percent. Like, uh, I, I will, like I said, I, I will, I will, I, I'll judge people if it's just like constantly <laughs> bad grammar with that stuff or whatever. It's just 
or you know two and they mean you mean to write two with two o's and it's one o or different stuff like that it's just like oh my god come on man judge man there's so many people on earth anyway man like judge that's all you want (laughs) yeah uh let's get back to the nba for a sec uh NBA Finals uh, finished recently. LeBron winning his fourth title. Uh, is the debate whether he's the, the GOAT, does that drive you crazy or, or do you like that debate? I mean, it doesn't drive me crazy because it's predictable, right? Like, it's just predictable human, like, just humanity, right? That's what we do, right? We no one we can't appreciate someone for their accomplishments. We always have to put them up against someone else's accomplishments, right? Because we care about the best. That's all we can f-ing care about. Now, with that said, <laughs> I don't want to give like a boring answer, but like, you know, people who hate on LeBron for getting to the finals and losing, see, I don't understand that. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense to me, right? Like, because Jordan, you know, yeah, he's 6-0 and in the finals, but you know, what about all the other years that he did not make it sure. to the finals? Like, yeah. are we just going to like discount that? Like, I, I get how like pristine the record looks, right? He won two three-peats and all that shit. But like, you know, he also had Scottie Pippen buy him like for all of those wins. You know, to me, LeBron doing it with three different teams, like kind of like on his terms, man. Like he's like, he's a f-ing black hole, man. Like he, people just orbit around him and he just makes it work. Mm-hmm. To me, I think there's value in that, man. I like, got four and six. You know, in your, in your finals record, you have four MVP, finals MVPs, um, you know, with three different teams, which has never been done. Like, he's got a lot of accolades, man. He's also, like, and th- think about LeBron, too. His story's not written yet. Like, so this GOAT debate is happening now. Great. I still give it to Jordan for now. But you can't assume that LeBron's just going to retire. <laughs> you know, he might have another ring or two in him, man. He might play till he's 40. Like, judge him then, because then, by then, he'll probably smash all the scoring records, right? Like, he'll be... Mm-hmm kind of on his own tier in terms of accomplishments if he's playing till he's 40 like that's that's you have to factor that into the goat debate man if he if he wins what he wins two more rings let's just say that if he gets to six then i don't i don't know how you don't give it to lebron considering the amount of time he spent in the finals as well and he went up against a f-ing warriors juggernaut mm-hmm. like a juggernaut came of back team. in 3-1 Iguodala to curry back to Iguodala up for the layup oh blocked by james lebron james with the rejection oh my goodness came back 3-1 but then and then the next season they add kevin durant and it's just like you know, sometimes you're just priced into a loss like you just are right and like Everyone talks about like you know injuries and whatnot. I mean, that first meeting against the against the Warriors, um, the first year the Warriors won, like you know, Kyrie got hurt in that game one. Kevin Love was hurt leading up to that series, that finals. Like, well, we're not, we're just not going to like weigh that into any of the arguments. And I'm sure some eloquent, sophisticated people do, but you know, you hear the noise, man. Like, to me, it's just it's all just hearsay. Sure, let's fill let's fill the airwaves with nonsense and filler until. You know, the next thing happens. But as far as I'm concerned, man, you cannot really um, you can't really answer that question yet until LeBron retires. And who the hell knows what that would be? And the crazy thing is, like, he's played so many more games because he's been in the finals every year, pretty much. Uh, and so, like, obviously, you think he'd be more aware and tear on his body and, would, and he would have broken down a little bit more just because he's played so many playoff games. Yet he's still unbelievable. It's it's absolutely insane. Like, it, I, it, I, I marvel at it. The stories of how, like, how much that guy takes care of his body, like, I know it's his job, right? Ultimately, like, that's like, that's his thing, right? He can focus all this time, care, and energy on his body because that's 
the meal ticket, right? Meal ticket to his success. Obviously, not, not to mention his great mind because he's probably the smartest player in the league as well. So if you already have that, so that combination, and yeah, I mean, that guy like sleeps in like a, takes naps in a, a chamber, like a prepared chamber or some shit. Like he brought it to like Orlando with him. Like the stories of that guy, just like the amount of stretching he does, it's 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 insane. So yeah, I mean, what the the fact that he hasn't been like, has he like, he hasn't missed one playoff game. Or I don't even know. I don't know if that's true. Playoff game or finals game in his career, like that's that's fucking nutty, man. Like mm-hmm. this guy's long longevity. Like the fact that he's always gonna show up. Like he's never gonna be hurt for you. The guy's never hurt. And he's never made a misstep. I mean, obviously people didn't love the the decision going to Miami, made for TV event, but whatever. That's just a made for TV nonsense. Hilarious. I actually think it was really funny event. He's never made a misstep, to my knowledge, in his career where it's like, woo, we think differently of LeBron now. Like he's been uh, completely. I think pretty much flawless the whole way. Considering the pressure that, you know, that was on him from early, right? Like from high school, like just, I think the fact that he has it like spun out and just kind of like, you know, did drugs or had a gambling problem or like any sort of addiction during this time. Like to me, that's probably more impressive than the titles that he wins. Sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, just, he's a, he's a, he's a once in a lifetime dude. And, it's pretty cool that we were kind of, uh, you know, alive and, you know, ingrained in sports while he was kind of ascending. Oh, three is a long time ago, dude. I was, yep. I was like, what, you know, 16 at that time. Like that's, you know, now it's just, you kind of witness this guy's career. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. We've witnessed some amazing players in our generation. Uh, guys, we could actually say that we watched, uh, you know, playing throughout their whole careers. Another player. And speaking of the, the goat debate, um, I remember years ago, uh, it's sort of the, along the lines of like the whether they win or, or, or not in the playoffs, Peyton Manning, I had a stupid, stupid argument with two buddies who had said at that point, Eli Manning had had two Super Bowl rings and Peyton Manning had had one. And they said, stupidly, that Eli Manning was the better all-time quarterback because he'd won two chips versus Peyton's one. And I lost it because I'm like, so you're going to discredit same sort of thing about uh, LeBron getting to the finals. You're going to just discredit Peyton going to the AFC title game pretty much every year. And, and yet you're not going to rip Eli for missing the playoffs most years in his career. I just thought that was absolutely ludicrous to, to rip a guy for uh, getting deep in the playoffs and losing versus a guy who is not even in the conversation to win. The tradition like no other, man. The argument like regarding rings, rings, like that's... That's always going to be Lazy argument. the argument. It's very easy. Yeah, it's very easy to fall back on that, man. It's like, oh, how many rings does he have? You know, that's like the uh, the Stu Gotts, you know, Dan Levitar, you know, <laughs> argument, right? It's like, oh, how many rings does he have? Oh, cool. Then let me know when he catches up, right? It's like, sure. It's funny. I laugh at it. Um, I just don't. When it gets to that point, it's like, what, what are we even really arguing here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the supporting cast matters. The circumstances matter. You know, injuries matter. Like, if you're not putting all of that into it you know context fucking matters so yeah i mean let them have the ring debates man don't waste your energy harrison don't waste your energy don't get stressed out don't 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 <laughs> oh, stress man. drink coca-colas because of that man just you'll you be all right man I, uh, <laughs> I, that was actually a cleverly disguised segue for me to discuss uh, i know your favorite football team norland saints has one super bowl mm. ring with drew Brees. uh Bullshit. yeah that was a nice segue i'm patting myself on the back on that one uh <laughs> how pissed I'm sure you're obviously still pissed at the brutal uh, non-pass interference call uh, uh, the Saints a couple years ago. Like, you really want to go here, man? Yes, like, absolutely. everyone talks Everyone talks about, like, 
you know, their franchises, how they're cursed and everything. And yeah, I get the Saints want a fucking Super Bowl, but we should have been a fucking dynasty, man. We should have been a dynasty. First of all, oh nine. You probably shouldn't have got past the Vikings because Brett Favre made a misguided throw. It is what it is, man. You know, you need a little bit of luck on the way. Sure. Like what? Like, you know, that off, that onside kick to start the second half, like no, no one has the cojones to pull that shit off, man. Sean Payton did. You gotta give, you gotta give some love to that. And then, you know, talking about your boy Peyton Manning, like, you know, what is he doing on that pass to, uh, I believe to Reggie Wayne, my boy, Tracy Porter just picked that shit off. So that was like, I still remember I was in the newsroom for that, man. I remember I was holding in a piss so much because I was, like, trying to watch the game and just something just, like, came out and said, nope, this shit's coming. So I remember sprinting to the washroom. <laughs> and as I leave the washroom, I see Tracy Porter intercepting the Manning pass for a pick six. And I'm, like, running in the hallway right across Control 10. So you, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Your listeners might not. But as he, Tracy Porter is running with his hands up, like, I'm sprinting back to the newsroom also with my hands up because I can see it. Like, I'm just, like, mirrored. And I sprint back in. I start flexing and grunting in the newsroom. And I just got weird looks from people. But I don't care, man. But uh, So that was great. Saints, they win. You know, we got Breeze. We got this, like – you know, this upstart coach, this combo, like Peyton and Breeze combo was just like amazing. And then the next two years after that were the most bullshit results. The next two, that loss at Seattle. Oh, yeah. They won that division. John Carlson had like two f-ing touchdowns. Hasselbeck just Good throwing man. darts everywhere. And Marshawn Lynch's stupid run, obviously. Like that was obviously a big thing. Yeah, you Amazing okay, run? Yeah. Or? yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay, yeah. I forgot what I was talking to here. Um, that was some <laughs> bullshit. And you guys got, got the next uh, next. Oh, yeah. Seattle had no business being in the playoffs. They were 7-19. They were brutal. It was 41-36, man. Like, I'll never forget, like, the, the craziness of that game. Like, Saints were we're, we're, we're going to repeat, man. We had all the fucking pieces, and we just ran into the perfect storm. And then, yeah, that Marshawn run, and uh, the memory's already hurting my feelings. Oh, look at this run. What a run. Marshawn Lynch still oh. on his feet. Has blockers now. He's dancing his way. For the touchdown! Uh, he breaks the tackle of Shanley, runs through Sharper, runs through Adele, runs through Jabari Greer. Get off me, he says to Tracy Porter. Are you kidding me? And then the next year, you know, Saints do business against the Lions, right? Take care of business at home. And then that stupid fucking game against the Niners, where Greg Williams is blitzing for no reason, leaving single coverage on Vernon Davis where the Niners have, like, just 40 seconds to go down the field, like, some misguided nonsense. Like, that game was amazing for, like, neutral fans to watch. Yeah, yeah. And then just some dumb f***ing decision-making just kind of over and over. And I had a feeling that game was going to get lost, not in the fashion that it did, but that first drive for the Saints where Pierre Thomas essentially gets, like, concussed at, like, the two-yard line, right? And then Dante Whitner with a hit, and he just, like, concussed, loses the ball. Niners get the ball back after the Saints like a, a beautiful methodical drive to start the game and yeah I, I have a feeling then and there it was not going to go right but it should have been a dynasty man. but yeah it the, the, it's dynasty. amazing uh, three the, three years in a row there in the middle and it's uh, fortunate they didn't actually fire Sean Payton the Saints went seven and nine three straight years there people forget that I feel and uh, then they it, somehow like in this day in this day and age in the NFL most coaches would be fired they kept them going and and since then it's been really uh, really strong what five six years after that but. Uh, Losing to the Rams in that NFC title game after the year before, of course, losing the Minnesota Miracle, uh, 
That's rough, man. That's rough. <laughs> Dude, I was buying tickets to go to Philly. Like, I had that, like, up on my screen, kind of like, oh, we're going to Philly. I'm, like, looking at, like, hotel rooms and just, like, trying to figure this out, man, because it's like, you know, we're about to make that run here. We had the right pieces, the right mix of young talent, veterans. Like, okay, you know, this, this guy, we got weapons now. Breeze looks pretty good. Like, we're going to get there. And then, yeah, Minneapolis Miracle. F*** that. Steps into it, passes, caught, digs, sideline, touchdown, unbelievable, Vikings win it. And then the next season, I I don't even want to get into it, man. Like, Saints have lost two straight games in overtime man. in the playoffs. Yeah. Two straight yeah. games in overtime. Like, it, I don't want to go there, man. It's been bad. Like, I'll tell you right now, like, even that – I don't know when, I don't know if I'm going to date it with this podcast, but the Monday nighter against the Chargers, like mm-hmm. Saints escaped that. Like they had no business being in that game because it was predictable nonsense. And I'm trying to tell people, like I know the Cowboys are a ride to watch. I, I get it. Like I know they they take you on this crazy journey every game, and they haven't really won anything recently. So you know, I'm talking to, like my Cowboy friends, and they're just kind of like, "You had the bull in '09. You had the bull in '09. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you don't." You have that. We, we haven't had anything since like the 90s or whatever. It's like, yeah, but we should have been a dynasty, right? should have been. And we just keep having these moments where things just kind of, whether it's serendipitous, whether it's just egregious error, things just keep happening for the Saints. And if they had not won that bowl in 09, then they would be seen as the most tortured franchise in the NFL. And yes, I understand the other teams that are in the NFL as well, including the Bills. I get that. I understand. But it's the way some of these losses have been having. They've, um, some of the losses the Saints have had. It's like just – and especially recently, like the last couple of years, like this shit ain't right, man. This shit ain't right. That's three straight years the Saints have got eliminated on some bullshit. On some bullshit. Even last year, that one-handed catch by Rudolph in the end zone in overtime. Like get out of here with that nonsense, man. Yeah, it's hard to be a juggernaut uh, and a dynasty, however, if you're uh, in the same conference as the Seahawks. Bang. Uh, what, do you th- say to, what do you say to people who think uh, or are saying Grubies is done? Uh, uh, he's, I feel he's been the exact same way he's pretty much been the last few years. Like, he doesn't throw deep at all, but he's just so smart he's able to throw underneath. Uh, I have a very, very um, love-hate relationship with Drew Brees. I understand you know, that he's a good dude. Like I get that. Um, but his arm has always been kind of noodly. It just has. Um, listen, obviously, when we were winning, I respected him. The fact that he's been doing this this long is pretty cool. I, I, I understand that his mind is obviously, you know, he's elite the way he sees the game and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I would have been okay not having Breeze as the QB and as highly paid as he is right now. Um, I, I'd be okay with that, although – you know, I'm not saying I have much faith in Taysom Hill or Davis Winston this year, but um, I think they might, they might be able to throw you like a little different look. But it's a very interesting relationship with Drew Brees. Uh, I'm not saying I hold him responsible for some of those losses. I don't know how you can. I think the defense was to be held responsible for some of those egregious losses. Um, but like, you know, that, old, that game against the Rams, sure, you know, you got screwed on that P.I. But then in overtime, like, man, you threw a pick, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you threw mm-hmm. a pick. Like, I feel like he just does that sometimes. Like, he just does dumb shit. And I just feel like, considering how good the Saints were and how many times they were close to it, now, obviously, Drew got us there, but he just wasn't able to finish the job for whatever reason. I'm not putting it all on him, but there are times where I'm just like, 
that was egregious. That was stupid. And like the low key thing too about him, man, I know it hasn't happened like too often, but those just, you know, when you like, you know, when you're gambling and you win, right. You just expect to win. You know what I mean? So you don't really care, but it's the losses, the tight losses that always you remember yep. that stick with you. Same thing with that, man. Like a lot of times where they just kind of fuck up timeouts, they don't know how much time's left on the clock to get a score at half. Like it's just like a lot of like, are, are we that smart? Peyton and Drew that smart? Or is it just every team's expected to have like, to make mistakes at critical junctures. I don't know, man. Very, very checkered history with him. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore, man. I, I like that. Like the idea of not having any control over it, but what I'm seeing right now, this season, like I don't think the Saints are going to win anything. That's, That's just me. Uh, though. I, I was saying to some people though, like I think everyone uh, almost holds their franchises up uh, with a, the New England Patriots standard in terms of, like Peyton's uh, only won one Super Bowl, Pete Carroll's only won one, Andy Reid only has one. Mike, Mc- and so basically the argument I was saying was Mike McCarthy isn't a horrible head coach. He has won Super Bowl. It's like oh, he should have won like five. It's like, do you know how freaking hard it is to win a Super Bowl? Just because New England's done it a bunch of times doesn't make it easy. Mike Tomlin only has one. It's not easy. I don't claim to be an analyst. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't claim to know everything. I probably like messed up a lot of the breakdowns we we're talking. I probably said some non-factual things already but like I thought, so it doesn't take a genius to figure out that you just need luck sometimes mm-hmm. like you can put everything in place right like look at the Raptors season right when they won the title like you know you credit the Masai he makes the right moves he trades um DeMar DeRozan and you know he fires Dwayne Casey coach of the year and you know takes a risk on Kawhi and it was kind of like the perfect storm right you had a great defensive team around him Dude can like kind of take over, hit some of those tough twos that you need in the playoffs because the Raptors didn't have anyone who could do that. And then you kind of just kind of ride the wave. You just need to give yourself opportunities, right? Like I look at teams that kind of put themselves in a position to win. Um, I don't say every year, but you look at windows, right? And you kind of put yourself in a position to capitalize, and then shit kind of happens, right? And you figure it out, and then you can just kind of catch one piece of luck and then another piece of luck. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in the finals and like, you know, 10 seconds away from a title. Like, you know, that's just kind of how it is to me. I look at that. So like, you know, I hate to bring it back to basketball, but you know, the Houston Rockets, right? Everyone's chirping the Rockets for, you know, their, you know, all the moves that they made with James Harden. Like, you know, he gets called out rightfully. So he hasn't showed up in some big games, but the Rockets were there, man, a couple of years against the Warriors, like mm-hmm. Chris Paul injury away. Right, like 27 missed threes in a row away. You know, you hit one or two of those, they probably beat the Warriors. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just get yourself in those spots and just kind of hope. If you're doing all the right things, so you're healthy or as healthy as you can be, right? You're going to need some luck along the way. And I think there's a lot of smart teams in all sports, man. There's a lot of calculated individuals who put good teams together. And you can do everything right, and then something just happens and everything gets blown up, right? I just think you need enough shots at it, and then hopefully you get the luck that helps you win. Absolutely, and as of this taping, uh, the L.A. Dodgers are one of those teams that's also there every single year, and they haven't won yet, uh, and they're in the NLCS again. And if they don't win again this year as the best team in baseball, it's going to be like, my God, like they should be winning. And They're against the Atlanta Braves, and the Braves for many years, they did win the one title in the 90s, but they were always the best team, and they uh, only won the once. It was like, it's, it's not easy winning championships. It really is not. No, you need luck. Like, and I, I actually like respect the teams that get there, right? Because if you've given your enough bites at it, man, like, you know, at some point, unless you're super unlucky, 
you know, you're probably going to get one, right? Like, that's why I don't hold the files record against LeBron. Because, you know, he got there. Like, he got there. And, like, you know, you hear the stories from, like, former players and whatnot, like, how hard that grind is, right? That 16, you have to win 16 games in the playoffs type grind. Like, that's hard, right? That's hard to do. Um, to me, it's just, you just kind of have to ride it out and see which. Give yourself a chance, man. Who the fuck knows what happens? But again, like, again, I'm not an analyst. I don't know. That just seems to me like what, you know, what is required to win. Every team needs a little bit of luck. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And uh, speaking of analysts, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, discuss uh, the CFL and TSN, of course. Unfortunately, no CFL this year. Uh, those are the analysts. Are, I find that panel is entertaining as hell with Milt Stiegel, Matt Dunnigan, and all those guys. Uh, how is it like working with those guys? And uh, any uh, good stories about them that are rated R that you could tell? Well, I mean, so I, uh, so there's a busy time for me a few years ago on the network where I was producing uh, NBA playoffs and obviously the Raptors and then CFL and then March Madness all at the same time, which uh, was looking back. I don't even know how it pulled that shit off. But um, so, yeah, so actually last year I, uh, I stopped producing CFL just to take over NBA full time here and WNBA as well. So last year was my last year, my last year doing it. So obviously this year no season which is brutal um but like those guys man i remember when i first came in when they asked me uh to take it on i knew very little about the cfl very little but like you know what i'm gonna give this a shot i think there's there's some cool stories to be told and i've watched a few panel hits um you just kind of like you see that they're like kind of like waiting to like come out of their comfort zone you're like just burst out their shell i feel like they're overproduced mm-hmm. um when i kind of came in i was like you got like Mills, you got Maddie, like you got Rod, who's Rod Smith, who's probably like the best host we have. Just the best ever. He's right? so awesome. Like just like a pro, man. Like obviously Duffy's up there too, oh, but like you know, they're definitely. both they're both great. You got you got these guys. Like how are we not doing more with them, man? So you know, when I got in there, I thought just the best way to do it was and it's not fucking it doesn't require any genius. It's just kind of give them the ball and let them do something with it, man. Like you know, everyone's trying to like rewrite you know the the rules and how to like make like good content obviously you want to produce um around those the fringes right because you want to give them you know you want their their knowledge and their entertainment value to shine through and then you just kind of work the edges to make it look nice right so i just thought like to me man i think milt eagle is like the the best the biggest gem we have on the network quite frankly like i'm entertaining mm-hmm. he'll tell you how handsome he is like 12 times <laughs> in an hour um and then he'll just like but he also he played the game man he'll he'll say something and thing about him too i love is you know if he says something that someone else disagrees with right that's then you know it that's good banter that's good debate like i, I can't tell you how many times like we've gone to a lineup and we have all this stuff like planned and all of a sudden milt says something and then Jock Climey, who I love, uh, he's no longer on the panel, but that guy to me, I compared him to the queen on the chessboard. You can get Jock, he's a lawyer, right? You can get him to say whatever the fuck you want. Hey, Jock, I need you to argue this point. Okay, no problem. He'll just play devil's advocate on the set. And he'll actually start, he'll talk himself into a point and all of a sudden he might win one, right? Like, it's really funny that way. Um, but yeah, like, so all of a sudden we're like doing a lineup and we're supposed to talk about something. Milt says something, Jock just disagrees with him vehemently. I'm like, I go in Rod's ear, I'm like, we are not leaving this. Like I'll drop everything else after this, just because this is interesting dialogue. And I feel like that's kind of um, the tone I wanted to set when I first started there. It's just, man, Jamie Rydell, great producer as well. And like, we kind of saw eye to eye on that. 
And yeah, man, we're just like, yo, let these guys go. Like, let them fucking talk their shit. It's it's just good stuff. So yeah, I mean, stories again. Now they put me on the spot here. Like, how am I gonna like betray trust and whatnot? Man, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. It's nice, uh, something <laughs> funny that they said or whatever. That because, uh, like I said, I, I love those panels. I think they're really entertaining, and they uh, they go off on tangents. And they, yeah, there's there's actual debate and stuff like that. I, I think it's entertaining. So, like a couple things like that, I actually got really lucky with. Um, so, you you know Henry Burris right now. He's a member of the panel. Great dude. Um, but like before that, right when he uh, he told PSN to go shove it, you remember that? Yeah, when yeah. He, like told PSN to go shove it. So randomly, we went to break after half, uh, one of the games I was producing. We usually don't go to break. I actually got talked to a few times, like, hey, that's not usually what we do. But I'm like, I wanted to get something in. So they just wanted to mess up the format a little bit. Good thing we did that one day because, you know, as Hank is, like, talking, you know, his interview with Brett Wallace or whoever it was, he starts talking to the camera, starts calling PSN out. So we had all these plays and, like, themes that we're going to discuss for the first half. Um, this, I remember just me telling everyone in the control room, like, everyone, just shut up for a second. Let's put this on. Let's see what the hell Hank's saying. And we run the clip for the guys during the break. There's like a minute left in break. I'm like, guys, take a, take a listen to this. Well, uh, you know, there's these guys at TSN who always want to jump on me every week. And, uh, you know, it seems like me, here I am out here playing hard, trying to help turn around every team in this league. And for people who are out there, I've turned around four teams in this league. And I've done help do it here, too. So all the people talking junk out there, you can take that and shove it. All right? That's all I got to say. So I showed them the clip, right? And I remember like 30, 15 seconds to come back. I'm like, we're scrapping everything and we're reacting to this. Perfect. Right? So break. Ronnie comes on camera, you know, obviously just curates some beautifully crafted words as he throws to this. And then it comes out of it and we're just like, yeah, let's talk about it. And it turned out to be like one of the best discussions, right? Because like there's a pride point to right from the guys on the panel. Because, you know, when you call up TSN, it may not have been something the panel said, but they take it personally, right? Because they are the, you know, they're the voice of the CFL on TSN, right? For the most part. And so, yeah, that, I mean, that, I remember that halftime chat alone was just phenomenal, like phenomenal. Like that was like four minutes of just like, oh, it was just great television. <laughs> great television. And when Hank came back, we ran that back. And we kind of like played some, you know, poked some fun at him for talking shit. And now he joins us and there's a lot of that stuff. But yeah, man, that, those guys are amazing. Off panel story. Uh, we're in Ottawa for one of the great cups. I'm working, uh, you know, we're in the same hotel as Milt Stiegel. I talk shit, man, because, you know, he takes care of his body. Like, that dude could still play in the NFL today, the, the amount of, like, time, care, and effort the guy puts into his body still. So he's like, hey, I'm going to come down. We're going to work out. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's see what you got. So he puts me through, like, he, he called, like, a 6 out of 10 workout. My God, man. Like, he does that every time. Like, I, I could not walk the next day. I know it's just like... You know, some nonsense, but he got doing like pull-ups, but like different variations of pull-ups and you like mix in like just a lot of body weight stuff. Like you pull yourself up, you go down, you do a push-up, like a burpee or some nonsense. Like it was like an hour 10 and yeah, I, I, I'm, oh my God, man, I'm pretty sure my balls inverted to my body. It was so <laughs> brutal. But yeah, that's, those guys are amazing. I also think about CFL too, man, like it's a very tight-knit community. Like there, there may not be like, you know, a lot of stars you can sell necessarily, but man, the fans are passionate, right? And these guys are kind of like, you know, stars when they're walking in, like Great Cup Week or whatever. Like they're just walking around town, like, you know, they're, they're kissing babies, signing autographs. Like it was, it was pretty cool, man. It was, it was different, 
Um, I can't still say I watch the CFL, but I still care about the guys who work on it. Um, it's, it's a cool experience, man. It helped, it helped, uh, helped sharpen some producer chops. That's for sure. Nice. Yeah, no, it was always great. Uh, last thing I'll get you, get you out of here on this, uh, Hambone. Mm. Uh, tell mm. me, uh, how's your fancy football team doing? So I got four leagues. Uh, I'm stupid. I'm just kidding. I, I don't care at all. I don't care about your oh. fancy football team. <laughs> oh, I don't, are you sure you don't want like a no. five minute breakdown? No, don't care at all about fancy football. I, 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 <laughs> 16, no, no, no. 16 team league. I got Saquon second. That motherfucker gets hurt. Get out of here, man. That's what we want to talk about. Yeah, you know what? Better, better off. Better off that topic. Uh, I, I always yeah. just like to ask that question because uh, anytime someone talks about their fancy team, and I, I, I do it sometimes too, it's it's just like I don't care. No one cares. They don't they don't care. It's just uh, the way things are. You know? Whoa, that's my laundry. Holy, yeah, holy yeah, I know. You guys want the neighbors thing? <laughs> I thought you were like sawing something there. That was. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! You gotta keep them honest, man. You gotta keep them honest. Man. <laughs> I guess on that note, it's a perfect, uh, perfect time to say goodbye. Uh, that was the the, the best ending. <laughs> that was tons of fun chatting with Hambone about his experience producing the NBA and the CFL on TSN, along with the stories on the road. I knew getting him riled up about the Saints it would lead to some scintillating, good word, conversation. Like I said, it's hard to be a dynasty, however. When you're in the same conference as my Seahawks, who, by the way, started 5-0 and for the first time in franchise history with yet another dramatic victory. Yes, their defense is utterly atrocious, a total train wreck, allowing the most yards per game in the league. But they've come up clutch with gargantuan, another good word, stops at the end of games this season against the Patriots, Cowboys, and Vikings. Thank you so much for listening to episode 41 of the H-Dog Pod. Bang! This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Bang. Mm, bang. Mm, bang. Bing. Get, get that f***ing curse machine or that bleeper work you made. You got a bunch throughout. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to say uh, Grant Namesy Roberts, who uh, edits the podcast, he's going to have a field day for sure <laughs> with those uh, bleeping those swear words. <laughs> Sorry. I just kept going. Editor's note. F*** you, Hambone. The f*** you think you can come on the podcast and just make some extra f***ing work for me because you want to tell your f***ing stories? What a piece of shit. That is bullshit. All you got to do is sit around and tell normal f***ing stories and not be so f***ing... And, uh... Oh, now I've made it worse. F***. Stop. Shit. Shit.